Okay, hi, and welcome to another episode of the Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. We are still on season four. This is episode two. I think we're at somewhere over 11,000 downloads. And all in all, this is our 32nd episode of the Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. My name is Matt, and with us today are Jillian and Kristen from JFR, and of course, our director and producer, David Charles Guggenheim. And our special guest this month, is Mike Dillon, the operations manager of the South Indian River Water Control District. We all know it better as Sir Wicked. So everybody, if you would please say hello. 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 All right. So Mike, I know that this is your second time here on the JFR podcast, and it is with really good reason. We had you on, I think, in our first season, which is now going back like 300 years ago, three years ago. And um, one of the big things that you actually brought to our attention at one of the Sir Wicked meetings was the fact that in the district, we have had so much turnover of landowners. Can you speak a little bit about that for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Really, probably around the time of the pandemic, we noticed uh, a lot of influx of, of new owners moving into the area. And it was very evident with a lot of the phone calls we were getting, a lot of the questions we were getting. So we try to make a, an effort to educate these people who, who move into the area, who don't know a lot about unincorporated areas of Palm Beach County, Jupiter Farms. And it's a little concerning as we move into the rainy season, the amount of people out here who haven't experienced a, a typical summertime pattern. You go back to last year and, and you know, it was fairly dry considering right. um, uh, years past. And so as we move into this rainy season, this hurricane season, I think we're going to be doing a, a lot of educating with people out there who just don't understand the gravity fed drainage in Jupiter Farms and also in Palm Beach Country Estates. So uh, it could, it's, it's a little unnerving. Right. And that's why we wanted to bring you here. And I want to even go back, even before we start talking about rainy season, dry season, um, I do want to talk about Sir Wicked. So like you said, a lot of people who are coming from literally almost any other place, they may not have lived in a a, a special district like we are, where you have the South Indian River Water Control District that is responsible for our drainage. So let's talk a little bit about the way our drainage system works. You mentioned that it was gravity fed. What exactly does that mean? Well, if you take Jupiter Farms and go to the extreme west end to the extreme east end, you have about a natural fall of about three and a half feet. So the drainage in Jupiter Farms basically flows west to east. We don't, we don't have pump stations, number one. Our system is designed on a canal system. So water that leaves the property into the secondary swell system eventually enters our major canal systems. And those canals flow west to east and eventually out into the Loxahatchee River, both the southwest and northwest. That means that we can only drain as fast as what? <laughs> <laughs> as fast as um, the river allows at times. And there are a lot of factors in that. The water eventually goes to tide. So 
a lot of people don't understand even the tides can affect our drainage at times. If we happen to get a huge storm and it's high tide, the river is affected by that because it, it's part of that estuary that goes into the major waterways right. and it will not accept a certain amount of water. We're used, maybe these residents have come from places where they're used to watching their storm water going into storm drains and disappearing and going out and away. And we're not like that. We don't have that. So I know that you get calls from people going, I'm my, my property's flooded. And your response is? Uh, describe flooding. Um, <laughs> I've been here 30 years, Matt. I've been working in Jupiter Farms 30 years. I've been with the district 26 years. And what I have learned in regards to heavy rainfall events and standing water is that water on, on people's properties and, and things of that nature, that, that's a natural occurrence in right. Jupiter Farms. So when people say my yard is flooded, my response, and they might not like it, is, well, that's not really flooding. That's more of a retention. And with a gravity-fed system, that takes time. It's not instantaneous, depending on how saturated the ground is, depending on how much rain we have received in, in uh, the last couple of weeks, really determines, you know, if we do get a heavy rainfall event, how long that water is going to, to stick around. And I've seen it as long as, as 48 hours. Right. Because again, if the river is high, that is going to affect how we drain. We want to hold water. We want to recharge our wells. We, we want to retain that water and we want to discharge it slowly because if we discharge it really fast, it's not going to be very good for the river. No, it's not very good for the river. You're allowing more nutrients into the river. So yeah, you're right. We, we want a slow, consistent drain and that'll allow the water to, to percolate you know, we tell people all the time, uh, water is not a bad thing. Water is something that your wells rely on, the aquifer relies on, and you want to capture as much as you can, especially during the rainy season, because uh, uh, that's that's what the wells depend on mostly. Right. So it's kind of a delicate balance. I know when people email JFR or come on the you know the webpage and and say stuff like, you know, my 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 water, my my land is flooding, my land is flooding, my my standard response is talk to me in two days. <laughs> talk to me in two days and see how much of that has receded and realize that this is necessary for both drainage and the aquifer replenishment, which is your well water. So we own land in a swamp. This is all reclaimed, you know, the plan of reclamation, this is all reclaimed swamp land. So uh, we're never going to get away from that. You do the same thing I do when I get emails, like it's, it's still raining and they send pictures of, you know, their swales are full and the front yard is full of water. I say the same thing. Send me, send me a picture 24 hours after, after the rain event and then send me another picture 48 hours afterwards. And right. normally I don't get those pictures. <laughs> they go away, right? They go away. Uh, or, you know, hey, you need to come out here and you need to look at my swale. It's full of water. And I said, well, you know what? I, if I can get out there tomorrow, that would be great. And they're like, well, that's too late then. It'll be all gone. Right. There you go. So patience. Patience is, is the word. I want to jump back for a second if we can. We all understand this because we've been repeating it for so long. 
one of the things that I, I've heard from a lot of people is they're under the assumption that we have storm drains out here, which I know you touched on, but in most neighborhoods, you have you know nice little drains that send the water away. So I just wanted to clarify that, that what, what we right. have above ground, let's call them above ground storm drains, the canals that take it out because you know a lot of people moving from areas, most areas that have storm drains, that, that basic concept that we don't have that here. And I think also the basics of the house is what's protected. So we have the swales that are in front of your house and the water goes through, I guess, Michael, hopefully you'll touch on the culverts Mm -hmm. that goes from the swales to the canals and goes away. Besides the water going back through to do our wells, everything is designed. So the water stays out of your house. So if a road, if it's really, really raining and the road is wet or the road is flooded, that's where you want the water, not in your first, you know, the first four feet of, of your house. That's a great point. That's a great point. So when people say flooding, you know, the only flooding I'm concerned about is structural flooding. Right. And, right. and I have never had a call, even back in October of 95, when we had the 22, 24 inches in a little over a day. I don't remember anyone calling about structural flooding. Now, if you had a a shed off to the side that is considerably lower than your house pad and, and, you know, that collected water, that's one thing. But flooding in your yard, you know, I'm not too concerned about that. Structural flooding is what we're looking for. And and I think that that is such an important delineation. And and that's the reason why we're here. We're trying to educate because... The last two years, I think, you know, according to your numbers, basically one in five or one in every six houses out here has changed ownership. So we have a lot of new people out here. And and I think we need to, in Sir Wicket's, we're fortunate because we go to your meetings every month. I don't know that you're fortunate because we go to the meetings every <laughs> month, but we're fortunate because we go to the meetings every once. And, and, and we have gotten so used to what is expected as per what we consider your level of service. Nobody out here should expect, and I think that's it, we have to manage expectations. Mm-hmm. Those of us who have been here for a decade or more, we we kind of know what's going on and we know what it's like when it rains and when we have a storm and how long it's going to sit and we're going to see some fish walking across the street and we're going to see mm-hmm. all kinds of things and in a day it's going to get better and yes. in two days it's going to get better and in four days you're going to forget what you were complaining about and you just have to get used to that happening and sometimes it's going to happen once a season sometimes it's going to happen five times a season and there's no predicting that but bringing in tons and tons of dirt is not going to help the matter either. But that's, I guess, another tangent that we could talk about. <laughs> yeah, we've been very aware of that with the lot filling over uh, the past few years. So we, we have focused a lot of our attention, a lot of our maintenance on the swale system. And um, you know, it's called the secondary swale system. It is the swales in front of people's properties, but it's also the numerous outfall swales that enter into the canal system. Those are the ditches that run between properties that are in every section uh, out in Jupiter Farms. Uh, right. and, and we have uh, talked to a lot of landowners while we go out and we're, we're getting the elevations of these drainage swales. And, you know, they ask a lot of questions. Uh, the biggest one is, well, you know, I want to mow my yard. 
well, <laughs> you, you know, you mow your yard or you have water coming up to your house. Which one do you want? Right. Um, or I think there's also option C, you're flooding your neighbors. Well, yeah, you're flooding your neighbors. And, you know, the, the, the swales are just uh, one part of it. Driveway culverts, you know, you're digging the swales in vain if your culvert is not fully operational. And we've had a culvert program, as you know, Matt, since 2016. In my opinion, it's been very successful. Not only do we get to replace inoperable culverts, uh, you know, the landowners get an education on the culvert is their responsibility. I mean, you'd be amazed how many people don't realize that, that they think it's the responsibility of either the district, Palm Beach County, or town of Jupiter. That's what I get. Right. And uh, and, and so I, I say, well, who gets the benefit? You get the benefit. We don't get the benefit. So it is your responsibility to make sure your driveway culvert is, is clean, it's functional, not only for your property, but for the multiple properties that depend on it. Right. Right. And, and again, and- let me let me go back to somebody who moved in here yesterday and has absolutely no idea what that all means. In front of all of our properties, there's a little bit of a indentation, a ditch. That's what a swale is. Uh, the culvert is a metal or plastic pipe. I guess, I don't know if some are concrete or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes under your driveway to allow the water to flow. So on every block, the water starts on one end or the other, or sometimes in the middle, and that water flows down to a canal. So is that that's pretty much the basics of what you just described? Yeah. Yeah. Sim- simply put, that's that's exactly how it right. is. Right. And, and I really would like to be simple because we, we had a lady out here going, those ugly dents in the front, let's fill them in and make it look nice. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people, we really did. And I think a lot of people don't even know why those are there. They will know in the rain, but what Mike was just speaking of about maintaining your own culvert, for all of us, you go down to your driveway, you take a look. If there's debris or dirt in there, take a pressure washer, take a hose, take a, a, a shovel, get that dirt out of there to make sure it's clear. And with the culvert program that the district has, if you see your culvert is rusted out, it's collapsing, the district has a program where you call them up. They come, they run an elevation to make sure it's put in properly. They put in a new pipe for you and some riprap sandbags, and we pay 50% and the district covers 50%. So it's a really great deal and a great program that they have. So if you look out there, if you have one or two driveways, just keep an eye on them. And if they need replacing, you just call the office and they'll take care of it. And and also when you do get that, first, second, or third storm, and you're on your way home, and you see that maybe it's not you, but four houses up or five houses up, you see somebody else that has a collapsed culvert, that's going to affect everybody on your block. And sometimes even beyond that, that's also something that could be called into the district saying, hey, look, you know, everything's great on our street, except for there's this one property that has a collapsed culvert, and it's affecting the transport of the water in our whole area, because it's like Mike said, it floats from west to east. And if you've got a clog somewhere, as we all know, basic plumbing, if you've got a clog somewhere, it's going to affect everybody upriver. Another thing that we should probably be talking about right now is when we say making sure that it's clear, well, that that all has to do with where you're putting your debris and making sure that your swales are unencumbered and making sure that you can pass water 
through those swells. The, the time to prepare all of your vegetation for a hurricane is, is now or last month or the month before. Don't wait until there's a hurricane in the box and saying, oh, you know what? I should cut my trees and put it out by the swell because the first wind's going to come and it's going to throw everything right into the swell. And that's going to really muck up the entire system. Yeah, that's a great point. We start talking to people in February. You know, wow. if you have a lot of heavy pruning to do, now's the time to do it. You you don't do it when we're in the cone of uncertainty. Right. That's that's a little too late. And then we put you in the cone of shame. Yeah. <laughs> Working right. with Solid Waste Authority, you know, they they mimic the same thing. Get it done in the winter, get all your heavy pruning done. You don't want to have that amount of debris because it's not just your debris. There's four thousand lots out here. So right. don't get the mindset that you're the only one doing it. There's there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that are doing it. So that could Right. That depending could, on the day of the week, SWA is going to say, We're not picking up vegetation this week because you know we're we're just not going to be able to get out there and do it. And then there's going to be tons of these these piles and they're gonna just create more of a mess during the storm and in the aftermath. That's true. And they're very difficult to get out of a culvert especially one that's 100 feet, 120 feet. Very right. difficult to, to unclog in those situations. Uh, believe me, I know. We've done it. <laughs> Firsthand. We've, we've done it a few times. I have been neck deep in Canal 5 a few times, oh. <laughs> um, unclogging culverts due to debris that had fallen in the canal. So it does happen. Absolutely. One of the things that I've benefited from has really been attending the Sir Wicked meetings. Mm -hmm. And there's a learning curve. I mean, you're not going to get it all the first time. But going in there or going on your website and looking at a district map, how many miles of canals are you responsible for, Mike? 60. 60. 45 in Jupiter Farms alone. And you don't have eyes everywhere. everywhere. And I, I think that for the most part, you're probably thankful when people call in problems that are actually really problems. Um, <laughs> we we you know. depend a lot on the landowners, regardless of whether it's a false alarm or not. We respond to every call. I mean, that's basically how the driveway culvert program started. As you mentioned earlier, with, people would call and say, hey, my, my neighbor's two doors down has a block culvert and it's, it's flooding the street. And you're right, we can't, we can't be everywhere. So we really rely on the homeowners to call and report any kind of problem, whether it's large or small. We, we'd rather for it to be small because if we ignore it, it can turn into a real issue. And I, I just think that attending the meetings, one or two, I mean, there, there, there's one a month and you kind of get brought up to, to speed on what is really going on here because no district works alone. I know that you guys have to work within South Florida water management parameters. And sometimes, you know, when there's, when there's storms, you know, you have to have a constant communication back and forth with those. I, I know that there are federal agencies that monitor the, uh, the health and well-being of the wild and scenic federally designated Loxahatchee River. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's so many interconnected works that go on here. And I think there's a great education to be had. So for our new, our new neighbors who are out here, Please, you know, I'm, I encourage you to go to sirwicked.org. That's S-I-R-W-C-D. It stands for the South Indian River Water Control District.org. And just kind of click around and familiarize yourself a little bit with the district and, and what it does and 
Mike is is such a great treasure that we have as an operating manager. You know, with 26 years of experience out here in Jupiter Farms, he has seen everything. And my hat's off to him because I I I don't I, I think that there is just sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes Mike goes, Well, I've never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> Not lately. No. <laughs> Not lately. Good. Well, that, that means that things might be getting better. But, you know, and every, every storm is different. Every rainfall can be different. We're about to happen. Oh, we're about to happen, right? We're about to happen, right. And, and, um, and I know that, you know, especially now, there's been a little mini building boom. Maybe not so many, but a lot of those areas that used to be kind of serving as water retention sites, the little vacant lot here or there that would, you know, capture a couple of hundred thousand gallons of water that was waiting to flow out to our canal system. A lot of those are gone now. So I think every year with more and more building, you guys are going to have to be a little bit aware of how the water is going to behave a little bit differently. And like I said, Mike and his crew can't be everywhere at all times. So they rely on, on, on the, the people out here. Well, even things too, you know, when people are walking their dogs or riding their horses or, uh, you know, taking a walk down a canal, trees fall into the canals. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if you see a, a, a tree that looks like it just fell over, snap a picture and just send it over to the office. Because if the maintenance guys aren't over there that day and they don't see it, it's just, you know, there's a lot of little things. Right. I mean, there's, there's so many miles of canal and, and there's no canal cams. So uh, yeah, reporting those things can be incredibly useful. Yeah. Some of the things we've run into over the last six months talking about new landowners, especially those who live on the canals or back up to the canals. We've had quite a few calls with landowners cutting trees down, clearing the backs Mm -hmm. of the properties, and they're just allowing the trees to fall in the canal. Number one, it's a big no-no. Number two, it's a violation of our statutes. And um, so we have to go out and basically educate them on, hey, you can't you can't put trees in the canal. No tree you flinging. Right. You can't do that. And they're, they're like, well, you know, I said, look, you can clean it up or I can clean it up and send you a bill for three times the amount. So it's really, right. you, you know. Right. And like I said, it's, it's going to affect everyone. Yes. So, you know, this is one of those things that you, 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 we have to get the education out there. So people kind of just go, oh, that's the way that works. I get it now. What yeah. other, you know, I know that I, I've, I've kind of been guiding the, the, the conversation because I wanted to kind of keep it a little bit rudimentary because mm-hmm. we have so many new people out there. Is there any other um, facts or items that you wanted to bring to people's attention, Mike? Do your homework. Do your homework. I mean, we have maps at the district that historically show low-lying areas. Matt, you know, every place is different. Every section is different. People just don't come into the office now. They're buying property sight unseen. Yeah. And um, I encourage people, call us. And I can pull out our elevation maps. I can give you a history of virtually every section. Right. And Mike, I do want to point out that just because you said that the flow in Jupiter Farms is primarily from west to east, it's not a hard and fast rule block to block to block. There are some areas that have been engineered and designed where you might see the water running north. Exactly. 
again, that kind of goes back to do your homework, do your homework and observe and, and take note and, and come to meetings and, and, and learn a little bit. This is a neighborhood that relies and has relied on, on other people. Other items, Mike, that you wanted to bring out? Gain the knowledge. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't wait until we do get a storm event to realize what your situation is, that you live in a low area. We can educate you on that. We can help you on that. Right. And there's so many other facets that we do with the road grading and the mowing and, and things of that nature. But, you know, the drainage is the hot topic right now just because of the amount of people that have moved out here over the last few years. Most of which haven't really experienced it, right? Because we had no. a fairly dry season even during our wet season last year. So there have been people that have been moving out here now for a couple of years who haven't really experienced a true storm. No, they haven't. Don't get complacent. You know, you, right. hear, that, you hear that every year. Yeah, we haven't had a we haven't had a hurricane since Irma, right? 2017. Right. Um, we've had some rain events off and on, but don't get complacent when it comes to preparing. I mean, we prepare 12 months a year. You know, even in the dry season, we are constantly looking forward to or looking to the, the the rainy season. You know, we're we're replacing our dump pipes going into the canals. We're checking our road pipes at various intersections. You know, we do that 12 months out of the year because right. it's, it's the old saying, it's not a matter of if, <laughs> but when. Right. And, uh, you know, you've lived in Florida long enough, like I have and you have, Matt. It's it's just a matter of time. And right. we've, been, we've been pretty fortunate, even with the storms that have come through, They've been a cat two, cat two, cat three kind of situation. Um, we've never had a cat four, cat five in my memory. I think we had Francis and Jean 2004 and we had Wilma. Wilma probably came on as a cat four, but I think we just had cat three. So we haven't had the big one yet. People just need to keep that in mind. Right. And that's why we call Mike Mr. Sunshine. <laughs> Kristen's <laughs> raising Mr. her hand. Kristen, Kristen, you haven't said much this podcast. Do you have I something know, to say? It's been a little hard to interject. Um, just kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Wow. Okay. No, I was just going to say that in, when Mike's talked about don't, you know, don't wow. become complacent, especially during storm season, but even just during rainy season as it is, I've noticed after living here for 14 years that my yard probably has never flooded the same every year that because of building and filling and all the different things that go on in the community that I've noticed where I hold water one year, I don't necessarily hold it the next year and I hold it someplace else. So you just have to kind of always be on your guard to pay attention to see, you know, when it's becoming a problem or not becoming a problem. And so right. you can't just assume that just because, oh, I went through a rainy season and my yard was great, that that might be next year. It just may not be. Right. And, and, and there may be a new building for houses up that, you know, we used to be a vacant area that used to hold a ton of, of water. And now there's a building there. And now that ton of water is coming your way faster than it has in previous times. So this podcast has really done hopefully exactly what I wanted to do. And, and hopefully we can get the word out because that there is that educational curve the, to reach out to new residents. And I think this is one of the ways to do that. Mike, any final words? You know, the one, one thing I forgot to mention that um, I think I'm going to sleep better this summer is our new telemetry system for the flood control gates. We do have five gates in Jupiter Farms. And contrary to belief, yes, they are open during a storm event. So um, the new <laughs> telemetry system 
I can operate it from anywhere as opposed to the old system where I actually had to be at the district work center. That was a big upgrade. That was something I've wanted to do the last couple of years. So all of that is in place and ready to go. So that's uh, awesome. Good about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a great move. Thanks to, look, to the Board of Supervisors for approving that. It was Look uh, at us jumping into the 21st century here in Sir Wicket. And, I'm um, telling you. I'm and telling th- speaking you. of centuries, <laughs> I know that next year Sir Wicket is celebrating 100 years yes. of, uh, of be- since they their, uh, were incorporated. So uh, I look forward to seeing what, what you guys have planned for our 100-year celebration. So anyway, it looks like we're at the end of another Jupiter Farms Residence podcast. I do want to remind everybody out there that our next JFR meeting is going to be on May 10th. So you can surf on over to jupiterfarmsresidence.com or look at us on our social media and you'll be able to find the links to our meeting and agenda and all sorts of other good information. Our meetings always take place or at least have been taking place on the Zoom platform and they're also simulcast over Facebook Live. We usually uh, get our updates from PBSO officers. Mike is usually on there to give his circuit report, JFEC, and of course, you know, Jupiter Farms residents, someone's. We also have guests from local agencies to keep us informed and from time to time our county commissioner even peeks in to keep tabs on what's going out here so mind your p's and q's informational and virtual links are always posted on our social media the week before and sent out via our newsletter and posted online at jupiterfarmsresidence.com another reminder is talking trash is sponsoring another local community cleanup on may 14th at 8 a.m at the pavilion in jupiter farms park so if you can pitch in and help out, please do. Community service hours are given to those who need it. And there's always great prizes and refreshments are offered. Sir Wicked Meeting, since Mike is on, we're going to mention Sir Wicked Meeting is May 19th at 6 p.m. at the Sir Wicked District Office. You can go to their website at sirwcd.org. And there you go. It's a lot of information. You can feel free to rewind, tell your neighbors, tell all your new neighbors about this uh, informational podcast so they can learn a little bit about what goes on here in the Sir Wicked South Indian River Water Control District. So once again, folks, thanks for listening to the JFR podcast. Be sure you hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified when new episodes release. Please share it with your neighbors and friends. Many thanks to you, Mr. Mike Dillon, for being our guest on this month's podcast. Our thanks also goes out to Someone Talk Media and to David Charles Guggenheim for his direction and engineering. But most of all, thanks to you, our audience, for streaming and listening to the Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. That's about it. Everybody, take care. Be safe. We'll be speaking at you again before long from the farm. So everybody, say goodbye. Bye. 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 Record it or no? Do I want to record it? Yeah. No, it gives me a hell of a lot of work. Okay. <laughs> it's up to you. But, you just but, let me know when we're rolling and I'll start the intro. We Unfortunately, we're rolling. Three years ago. Wait, Matt, Matt and- hold on. Hold on. It's David again. Sorry. You didn't want to introduce people specifically? I did. I said Jillian and Kristen and David Charles oh, Guggenheim oh, okay. and our I'm special sorry. guests. Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry. I must have been looking at my navel. I'm just going to interrupt <laughs> the podcast then for no reason. I won't talk right. anymore. Don't talk, please. Please. Jillian, do you have anything else to add?
<laughs> Jill is dead. This has been a production of someone talkmedia.com.